This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT, because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes and guises, from the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer, which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster, and it certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest Wi-Fi access for customers. BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Hello and welcome to the Red Box Politics Podcast in the Times. I'm Matt Chorley. Apologies for intruding in your ears so soon after our special on the Labour Party split. But now three Conservatives have gone and taken the leap as well. Anna Subri, Heidi Allen, Sarah Wollaston, three Remain supporting Tory MPs, have joined the independent group consisting of eight Labour MPs, accusing Theresa May of allowing the Conservative Party to be taken over by a hard-right group of Brexiteers, complaining of a purple momentum, a blue kit of trying to force out moderate Conservatives. They took their seats on the opposition benches, all 11 of them, for PMQs. I'm now on my way to One Great George Street, where the three of them are going to give a press conference just across from the Houses of Parliament. And then I hope to catch up with Anna Subri, the former government Tory minister. She's outspoken, she's outrageous, and now she's out of the Tory party. Anna, how does it feel being smuggled out of the building like I, Elton John? An exclusive. Go on. Right. I am... Um, oh, yeah, let's, let's not get run over. There'll be a terrible is, start for a new party if you got run over. <laughs> this is... It's not a new party, it's a, it's a group. Yes, we'll deal, a, with, we'll deal with that in a minute, but go on, let's have the exclusive first. The exclusive is, so I actually was at home last night and I went to watch Notts County. Right. This was a miserable experience because they lost 4-1 to Newport County. Seriously, this is serious. You're laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm and it's really serious because we're bottom of the table and we should have won last night and we played really badly. Anyway, so because it was a night game, I love night games, I stayed at home and then I came down this morning. So I've got a little flat, which we can't say where it is, obviously. There's a bloody crew outside it. And I walked in, I thought... A camera crew, you mean? A camera crew, sorry. And, and I saw, I thought, what are they doing there, in my stupid ignorance? And then I sort of turned around, and they went, oh! And because they were expecting me to walk out, not walk in, so they'd come to doorstep me. And so and I'd come in, and I wanted to change into my blue jacket, which was here, and dump my stuff. So, this is one of my bad Irish accents. I said to the brilliant concierge, this wonderful woman. I said, they for me. She's what should we do about it? I'll get you. I'll get you out of here. How come? I tell you what. We'll go up in the lift to the fifth floor, and then across the fire escape into the next block, and then you can get out, and you can get there, and you get a taxi. So I went out across this great big long fire escape. You're a rock star. Oh gosh! And then I was sort of 
running down this road, looking behind me to see if the crew, he hadn't got a clue. Bastards. How does it feel while you're doing all of that? It's, it's still a big moment for you, isn't it, personally? Oh, of course it is. Um, and actually, um, I, was quite, I was quite surprised at how emotional I was because it's, it's not dear friends in, in the party here that troubles me. Actually, it's the, it's the people that you've been working with for the last, in Broxtow, um, gosh, how many years is it now? 12 years, 12, nearly 13 years, who have literally gone out in all the weathers, walked miles, handing out leaflets, knocking on doors. Th that's where you f I personally find the hardest tug. We have a WhatsApp group and last night people were saying, why hasn't Anna, did you always, you always talk to us, why, why aren't you talking to us? Of course I couldn't. Well, thank God, because there is a mole on it, as we then discovered, which we bore you with. But you couldn't. And it was, for me, it was quite heartbreaking that I couldn't say, look, guys, let me tell you I'm really sorry, but I have to leave. I, you know how unhappy I am, blah, 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 blah. And you did, you got a bit choked in your yeah. speech. Oh, you came with us. Yeah, I did. I was quite surprised. Have you, have you had tears? No. No, I haven't, actually. And, and I, last week, when I sat in PMQs, I thought, could this be my last PMQs? over in the naughty corner and looked over and thought will I be will I be over there will I be over there next week I mean I just didn't know but it felt but actually, it felt that imminent fine. oh gosh yes um, yes it did were you basically waiting for somebody on the Labour side to jump first it always makes sense for them to go first because of the power of the appalling situation that they have found themselves in and you know when People like your good self were saying, well, what do you think? I was saying, this is, Labour's, this is about Labour. And, you know, people like Luciana had to tell that story. It's a terrible story, but that, and, and that spotlight had to be on them. And today is about us, them and us. And so you really hadn't decided to do it this week until Monday? Oh, no. And I didn't even, I didn't know when they were going to, I didn't know when they were going to go. And then I found out... I'm trying to think how I found out it was happening on Monday. I can't even remember. What's happened since? Because you were asked about this in the press conference. You've had any contact at all with the Prime Minister, Nothing. Chief Whip, Party Chairman? Nothing. Nobody's Nothing. trying to persuade you to say. I promise you. I too had had a member of the Cabinet has sent me a text. I won't say who. To say don't go. What's interesting is that... Well, like an emotional, not just like a... No, well, he was not somebody, actually, not somebody I actually know terribly well. Um, and one or two that I do know terribly well, it's as if they thought, nah, it's right. This, this has got to happen because they themselves are absolutely struggling with the huge changes that have taken place in the Tory party. Yeah. You know, I, I can't, I won't give names, but somebody who used to be in the cabinet, who is no longer in the cabinet, you know, blew me a huge kiss in one of the corridors as we were going down the stairs after PMQs. What do you think is going on with Theresa May? You know, she's not contacted you direct. She's not tried to persuade you to stay. No, she hasn't. I don't know. She's. I think she's in a bad place, Matt. That's the truth of it. Yeah. I really do. I think, and I don't mean this in a cruel way, but I think she's absolutely delusional about the situation that she and this country is in. <laughs> she's. Going, that child is saying, "Mum's saying, oh look at that." And this child's going. You've been, you've been recognised. As we walk, we're walking. I tell you what, this is the nicest interview I've ever done. We're walking through the park in the sunshine. People are waving to you. Yeah. They're recognising you. Yeah. You've been very strong in your criticism of the way that the Prime Minister's allowed, in your words, the party to be taken over by the ERG and the hard right. What's that down to? Is that because she, she's a bad person? No. Or is it because she's a bad politician? I think I, I'm afraid to... 
I don't know, but she's certainly not. I do know she. I don't think she's a bad person. I just don't think she's awfully good at the job, to be honest. Does that surprise you when yeah. she became PM back in 2016? Yeah, because I thought she would be a really good, safe pair of hands on the tiller. And I think we now know that it was because she had these two, pretty ghastly, but two special advisors who basically were the hands on the tiller. Nick, Timothy and Fiona, Nick, Hill. Timothy and Fiona Hill. And, and without them, she is absolutely all at sea. We're going to do interesting metaphors here. Actually, quite good ones, actually. Quite accurate. Oh, very nautical. All very nautical. Another, another thumbs up. Another thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. We get this a lot, you know. Ken Clark says in all his time in politics, he's never had complete strangers that come up and they often need to touch you. And they say, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. And I was in a taxi when I escaped from the TV crew and jumped in this taxi and I'm driving well I'm not driving but you know, I'm in the back and there were people on the pavement and they, they looked in and went and were sticking their thumbs up it was quite extraordinary but Ken says he's never done anything like it but then we've never had such a, a dreadful divide um, of, of this magnitude ever and so let's talk about what's happened today you've, you've joined the independent group explain what is the independent group well, it's a bunch of people with shared values and principles. You, you know about the people from the Labour Party, you know why they've left. And the simple truth of it is I have more in common with them than I have with the Conservative Party as it has shifted to the right. Chukaroon has already talked about it. It's, it's going to become a p- political party at some point. Oh, at some point. When yeah, do you think that'll happen? No idea. And it's not the priority. It's like, you know, oh God, we're not going to sit in rooms and discuss the Constitution because we've got this ruddy Brexit crisis to try and thought out and the thing which is even more important than the people's vote and god knows that is <laughs> incredibly important to chukka and i and mo- even more important that is actually stopping uh, no deal brexit and we have said that at some point it becomes a fully fledged party but it's some you know there are now 11 of you there's as many of you as are lib dems and uh, your old friends in the lib dems there's more of us than there are of the dup they look quite upset today when we went in their seats there was quite a lot going on and some of them were very naughty and they were taking photographs. And at some point you're going to have to have a leader, maybe two leaders. Maybe three, maybe four. Oh God, I have bloody... Would you, would you be the leader? I wouldn't have thought so. God, we've had another 62-year-old women leading political <laughs> parties. <laughs> it's true though. So do you think, um, do you think you'll have a sort of leadership of a, a man and a woman or a, a Labour and a Tory? I don't know. Good God. We've only just left the party for... Well, you, you did point out that two-thirds, two-thirds of the, the new group of women. Marvellous, isn't it? Isn't that marvellous? That's brilliant. But Quite refreshing. Do you think there ought to be a woman as leader? I have no idea. <laughs> I genuinely, I haven't even thought about these things because I've been thinking about leaving. And then next week, next week's going to be a huge week because yeah. we, we could see ministerial resignations or... We could see yet more fudge. And you were making a direct appeal, partly to MPs to come across and join the independent group, but also to ministers, ministers that you know well. You've friends. Sat, friends. You were, Absolutely. Not that long ago, you were sitting around the cabinet Absolutely. table with them. Um, some of them. Your, some. Only, some. Only some. Yeah. yeah well, no, she's, she's got through quite a lot of ministers <laughs> in that time. What are you saying to those ministerial friends of yours that they should do next week? Absolutely put the country first. End of. Put the country first, for Christ's sakes. I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you, Matt, it's really, it has been so difficult. The number of really senior members of this government who, after crucial votes, 
in the face of all the stuff which you understand, all the, you know, the threats and everything else, who come up to you and go, I'm looking around me now, go, well done, slap you on the back, well done, keep going. You know, and I, I did have a meeting, uh, just literally, a, come on and have a quick chat in my office type meeting with um, a senior cabinet minister. And he said, you have been so brave. You have been remarkable. And I thought, when the freaking hell are you going to be remarkable and stop this madness? So what do you want to do next week? Resign? Come and join the independent group? Do you think any ministers will do that? I think we're doing marvellous if they did. Because I'm afraid the Tory party is, is beggared. It's defunct. Now, is it, because my assumption had always been that the, the Labour Party, for the Labour MPs, I could get that the, the, the total takeover of the oh, machinery sure. has been They can't even get Eddie complete. Izzard elected. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's I serious, actually. Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard's never be able guy. to get himself elected, though. That's the other No, question. no, but if there was any, uh, going to be anybody, it'd be somebody like an Eddie Izzard, yeah. who appeals, but he doesn't, to, the, to that dreadful membership. They couldn't even get Eddie on the NEC. The fact that the half a million members and Jeremy Corbyn's total takeover of the machinery does mean that that party is gone. Surely the Tory party's still rescuable, isn't it? With a non-disastrous Brexit and a change of leader, change you of could leader. have stayed there. So here's the thing. I didn't, I didn't say this today, but I'll say it to you. So here's the thing. Theresa is tolerated as leader because sensible Conservative members of Parliament fear that they will have an even worse alternative foisted upon them by the membership because the membership has changed. And the idea, and I've had this from somebody said, well, go out and recruit people. I have been out and chuffing recruited people in the past, but now they look at us and say, I don't want to join your party. Why would somebody like me, or even more importantly, my daughters, join the Tory party? And especially because of Brexit. So what's your worst fear of who, who does become leader next? Boris, Jacob Rees-Mogg? Keep going. <laughs> I mean, it's just awful. I have to say, I think the quality is, is pitiful as well. You know, and this, this inability to show courage. You know, remember the, the great... You see, that was the difference about the Thatcher government. People talk about the Thatcher era and everything else. Remember the great big beasts there, the, the people of real ability, like the Ken Clarks, the Michael Heseltines, they, these were mighty, mighty political animals. Can you... I mean, well, we've got Chris Grayling. We've got Chris Grayling. See, I can now be really rude about some of these people. Chris Grayling, I mean, why really, to God, I mean, a man who makes has made a whole career as, as advanced on pitiful failure after failure. And it's like, he's going to screw it up and he'll get some other... It's a bit like working for the BBC, you know. You know, they do this in the BBC. If you're useless, they just sort of promote you across the way. They don't actually say, I'm awfully sorry, but you're crap and you're going. Anyone else in the cabinet? Who, who do you rate? Who, who do you oh, rate you rate, I've, I've always, I've, I've always been a fan of Amber. I like Amber, hugely. So why not try to stay and try and get her to be leader? Because there's a membership out there that wouldn't allow it to happen. But, you know, it's like Chukar said, you don't join a political party to fight it and you don't stay in it when you've actually lost the battle. And we lost it when we lost the referendum. Now, my other exclusive, David Cameron sent me a text. Did he? Yeah, he did that. Today? Yeah, and he asked me to stay. Did he? Yes. It was a bit late. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's a busy man. He's a very busy man. He's writing his book, but he did. And I thought, hey, DC sent me a text, pretty cool. And Zara goes, oh, Cameron's just sent me a... Heidi went, oh, he's just sent me one. I went, was yours written in these terms? It was the same one to all three. But saying... As if we wouldn't compare. <laughs> you know? That's message discipline, you say. What did it say? Oh, God, I can't even find it because there's so many texts in here. God, your phone, your phone is literally just lighting up constantly with messages. No wonder you weren't. You never replied yeah. to any of mine. No, honestly, it's a bit mad at me. OK, so here it goes. Hate Eight. going on rumours, but is it too late to persuade you to stay? Love and best wishes, I DC. I do, I do, actually. Do you know, I, I'm terribly nostalgic for that brilliant coalition government. Yeah, well, I need you to ask you about that. So that one of the things Thanks. that you've... Oh, another Thank thumbs you. up there. Thank you. Thank you so much. One of the things that you said at the press conference, which raised eyebrows a bit, was talking about the coalition and defending the policy of austerity. Because we, well, you did. You said oh, that sorry, all, the, all the decisions were the right. Oh, wh- wh- we had to tackle. This is always the end of a Labour government. They always leave unemployment higher and a load of economic mess, and there was no money. Now we can argue and squabble about why that was, but that was the reality of it. We were spending far more than we were earning. We had this terrible deficit and we had to do something about it. And if Labour had won that election, they would have done exactly the same darned thing. People call it austerity and I'm not trying to minimise or excuse the level of cuts that were made. But actually, there's a very good argument that what happened was instead of what had happened in Canada in similar circumstances, where there were quite hugely dramatic like having flu when you feel like absolute death and you're in bed for a week you're convalescing for another week but then you're better but you felt absolutely ghastly for at least a week as opposed to that miserable cold that goes on for a week after you're never really poorly enough to go to bed it just goes on you feel like crap and actually there's a good argument that a mistake was made that we should have had a Canadian flu, if you like. Yeah. Short, but sharper. Short, sharp. Which, obviously, I know that touches on the lives of real people, but it would have that short-term pain would have been long-term gain. Do you think, in the end, the coalition project of balancing the books became, actually, some of your uh, more right-wing colleagues? It was fulfilling their desire for a smaller state. You can't be too tough on welfare. Well, they love all that. Uh, that that's what I mean. And I that's... don't have a problem with reducing the state, by the way. I'm, I, I, I don't like big government. I never have done. What was your... I can't remember your question. That actually, the, the project of balancing the books went oh, no. further than no, that no, no, because I... Tory MPs wanted to Ooh. see... No, 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 no. I think George... I, th- I personally think George did a great job. I, I'm a big fan of George Osborne's. And I only got to know... Ironically, I only got to know him after the referendum. When he had a bit more time on his hands. No, no, no. I think because he suddenly realised that he and I were of the same persuasion. See, when, I think when I was in health, which was a job I did not enjoy, because I didn't come into politics to tell people how much salt to put on their chips, and I, I really wasn't very happy in health. I think they thought, is she really one of us? Because they, they were a bunch of very smart... I'm not saying I'm not smart, but what I mean is, I didn't go to Eton. How can I put it? I didn't go well, not, to Eton. Me, oh, me neither. Me right. neither. Yeah, it's a Heartland Comprehensive and an excellent university in Red Law. But they were, those, they were like young Turks, weren't they? Yeah. You know, 
young cocks actually. <laughs> and I had some amazing exchanges with Cameron, and he was—I I felt for him when his—they attacked his father, this disgraceful and disgusting way. And I went on any questions or something, and I—I I defended him to the absolute hilt and he was very touched by it and I said but I didn't do it for any other reason than I believe that I thought to attack your father was like that was utterly disgusting and I think that that sort of changed I thought I think they thought actually maybe she is a bit odd as she just says what she actually <laughs> believes well it is you see and that's one of the, the problems that do we do you have. think that's got you into trouble too too often do you think that's oh, why no, Teresa didn't give trouble. you a job in 2016 no she didn't rate me or Fiona Hill and whatever didn't. Well, there was no room for me. They didn't want me. Did you ever really tell you? Uh, no, she. Um, no, she. I was quite upset actually. <laughs> I didn't tell you this. Oh hell, I'll tell you. On that wretched day, I suddenly ended up doing a debate because certain people, and they know who they are, went AWOL. Other ministers went AWOL. In the Commons. They buggered off. I don't know where they went. No, but you were in the Commons I doing ended a debate. Up doing their debate. Because one of them who should have done it cleared off. A junior, a junior, who should have done it, he beggared off. So Subri ends up doing this debate in Westminster Hall. And somebody was, you know, PPSing behind. And he kept saying, oh, so-and-so's just walking up number 10. And I'm, my phone hasn't gone. Right? <laughs> and it, and it, we were crossing off all the jobs. And there was nothing left. But nobody had actually had the decency to say, you're not going to be in the cabinet anymore. You're not going to have a job. Which I would have gone, oh, it's a bit sad, but there you go. Mind you, once I'd seen that Boris and Davis and all the rest of them had gone up, looking forward to it. But, but in all seriousness, oh, we nearly got run over by a police car. Then that's a bad, a bad sign. Um, uh, but now we've now we've almost made it to Trafalgar Square. There we are in our lovely in, stroll through central London. But I was a shocking carry-on. So I said, oh, well, bugger this! I'm off then. So did she offer you anything? Oh yes. And so I said, I'm resigning. And. The then chief whip said, oh no, don't resign, don't resign, she's going to offer you a lovely job. I said, no, she isn't, they've all gone. <laughs> what, what did she offer As you? if I'm an idiot. She offered me the number two job in justice to Liz Truss. <laughs> Anna there just sort of turned and sort of banged her head against the wall. Screamed silently. But I, I very nearly said, no, you're all right, mate. But I did laugh. I said, no, you're all right. It, uh, honestly. I said, no, I'd like you to do it. I said, no, I really don't want to do it. I'm very happy to go back on the map benches because I'd always said, with the wonderful Neil, if I didn't get a bump up, then I would be very happy to go back on the back benches. Because, you see, I got elected in the May and then I was made a PPS in the September. So I only well, you were first elected in 2010. Yeah, so I only had six months on the back benches. And how much do you think Theresa May's problems you can trace them back to that reshuffle because it wasn't just you she sacked right, Nicky Morgan George Osborne everybody but brought in David Davis and Boris Johnson Michael Gove she sacked initially I think, I think they did it on the back of a there wouldn't have been a fag packet because honestly Theresa wouldn't smoke but they did. jam label perhaps <laughs> yes it's alright we're nearly where we're supposed to be going well, I think so just before we, we come to the end of our lovely walk through um, central London, beautiful, where does all this end up? Various times in the press conference, you're all talking about a success, making a success of this. What is success? Well, obviously, we want more people to join us. Yeah. It'd be lovely to get some libs. I mean, I really enjoyed working with Norman Lamb, for example. Yeah. Jo Swinson. Ah, oh, she's, a, she's a great lady. Really like Jo. Smashing woman. And have you been in touch with her? Uh, we've exchanged. Uh, only because she said, oh, well done. And I said... 
I'd love, I'd love you to join us. Can we have a, a chat? But you know, this is it's a big thing, and of course, the, understandable. I'm sure the libs will say, no, come and join. You know, hey, just you know. Yeah, so why, why won't you do that? Because there's a ready-made no, pasta. Vince, Vince is like, come on, uh, please, somebody take this off my hands. I think. <laughs> I think the thing is, is that one of the, one of the things you don't want to do is get subsumed by another political party. It was one of the things that did blight the SDP actually, was the the negotiations and machinations. This is something entirely new. Just come and join us, gang, and it would be good for them. Do you think at some point we have a general election and no, God, your, no, your no, group? I don't think we want a general election. It won't solve anything anyway. No, but at some point we might have a general election. If we get to twenty two, will you stand again? Good God, I do not know. <laughs> no, I'm being absolutely genuine, and I—it's you know, in three years' time. I shall be 65. I won't dare say how old Neil will be, but you know, at some stage, there are things. You know, it's, it's very tying. You I mean you love it, and it's a great honour, and I love my constituents. It's not really your own life. Yeah. And you know, I've worked the entirety of my life. I had very little time off for either of my daughters. Bloody hard work at home. It's much easier going back to telly. Right, we're going now. You're going now. You've got to go and have a meeting. No doubt sign autographs. We're in Leicester Square now. That's where like, Tom Cruise goes and does selfies and all that. Anna Subri, thank you very much. Thank you, my darling. And thank you for making me laugh as you do. <laughs> You're wonderful. So funny. You're so naughty. Yeah, well, keep, keep all that in. Don't cut that out. Don't cut that out. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.